What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Where the Bear podcast brought to you by the Evans Law Group. My name is Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. Today we're on location with men's soccer coach Eric Pogue inside the, the bubble, the sports dome down here at Oakland University, the training ground as you were and coach. A uh, bunch of stuff I want to get into with you in terms of the, the good start against Cleveland State and Horizon League play uh, as we taped this last night, the uh, the match against Michigan as well. First off, how you doing, coach? Yeah, I'm good, man. It's, uh, you know, the, you know, college soccer is a, uh, is a sprint. And so uh, I was telling you as I walked in here, man, I felt like I uh, ran an uh, Ironman. So, uh, and I didn't even play. So, uh, but with all this travel and you really don't really get a chance to train very much and um, you're up, you know, looking at video, analyzing the team and uh, scouting and um, it's fast and furious, you know, and, uh, you know, I always joke to you and I've said it before, there's, there's, there's two sports one's called soccer and one's called college soccer um and they're two different animals you know especially when you're talking about the importance of the conference game yet the reality of understanding that your midweek games against the michigans the michigan states the the poles the marshals that's those like those are big games too and you can try to say that they're not important and try to like de um what do you call it, like kind of like uh, de-emphasize them. But the reality is, is um, you know, it, those, those are important games too. And so it's just managing players, managing minutes. And as we talk right now, you know, the core group of guys that played a lot of minutes against Michigan are, are kind of up and just, you know, up with our strength and conditioning coach doing some um, just recovery work, you know, because we got a 450-mile trek to Green Bay and back. Uh, you know, on Friday, and then the guys that didn't play as much um, are down here, like, getting their work in, you know, because the reality is, is throughout the course of uh, uh, a 20-game season, you know, a lot of these guys are going to get called upon, and we need them to be fit, we need them to be sharp, um, so that, and we need them to be pushing the guys that are playing now, and so, um, yeah, that's where we're at, but, man, yeah, I feel... Not, not sure if I'm allowed to say this, but yeah, I feel like maybe I was at the bar till like three o'clock in the morning and uh, um, and I didn't play a minute, but you know, you get home at midnight and you turn around and you know, you're back here in the bubble working and got to give a lot of credit to, you know, the players and the staff that, that put in an uh, immense amount of hours, uh, you know, to be successful. And, and we are going to talk about that coaching staff in just a little bit, but this is the Wear the Bear podcast brought to you by the Evans Law Group men's soccer coach Eric Pogue with us here today. We're on location at men's soccer practice down in the Oakland sports bubble. Coach, you know, we have a good scenario to talk about. We have a bad scenario to talk about. We'll, not, we'll get the bad out of the way first in that the result last night against Michigan uh, certainly wasn't what everyone was hoping for, wasn't what everybody was looking for, but I did want to touch on it from this perspective with you because the common soccer fan around the area, maybe the common sports fan in the area, what you guys did Saturday against Cleveland State will go much further in defining success or failure in your season, which obviously was a success. Than that Michigan match will because you, as you talked about, it's a, it's a midweek match to you. It's a midweek match to them, but right or wrong, coach, you guys are up against it from the fact that the common sports fan in the area is going to look at that and say Oakland lost to Michigan, and they'll draw their own conclusions off that. 
To me, it seems that that's a bit unfair for you guys and, and maybe to a degree a bit, a bit unfair for Michigan as well. But you guys are up against it in that respect and, and certainly uh, feel for you, feel for your staff because of what you said. You're smashing all these matches in together. You know, just your thoughts on that, that you know, the, the program will be viewed that, again, not to soccer fans, but to the common sports fan, that the program, people will draw their, their assumptions based on what they saw last night, which in the end isn't really fair because you're playing two days after you played your conference opener. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, listen, at the end of the day, we know our best chance to, to uh, get to the NCAA tournament and, and play a, a Michigan team straight up meaning their guys, our guys, properly rested, whatever is going to come if we make the NCAA tournament. Right. So, um, you know, but you got to look at it from their perspective, too, that for them they probably look at it as a no, like a no-win scenario, right? Sure. They beat you, right? They're supposed to beat you, right? They lose to you, and, yeah, hey, what's wrong with, uh, hey, U of M's not very good or whatever, and that's not the case. Like, he's got to worry about his – conference opener on Saturday as well you know but there's also that um, you know I think that respect for Oakland you know as as a mid-major just kind of similar like you see in basketball with coach Campy and uh, Michigan State or whatever like you know coach Chisel doesn't just roll out his uh, his B team against them you know he he puts his squad out there and he knows it's a tough game and so credit to you know Shaka and those guys for playing us and and putting out a, a lineup that's that's worthy, you know. And um, but yeah, I mean we try to de-emphasize the game a little bit, not de-emphasize. We just don't talk about it a whole lot because we know. Listen, the guys are gonna be up for that game. It's Michigan. It's Michigan State. It's it's Marshall. It's Butler. It's I mean they're gonna be up for especially the Michigan, Michigan State, Western Michigan. So you don't have to talk about it a whole lot. Um, um, because if you talk about it, then I think you put even more pressure on a situation like that. But I think it's a two-way street where it's tough for both programs um, to manage that as well as kind of um, stay focused on the task at hand because, as I said, we got a 450-mile trek. It's not like we're hopping on a charter plane and we're going to be there in three minutes, you know, like we're, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it, it's hard um, – I mean, I think if anyone was at the game, listen, uh, Michigan is a super talented team. You know, we dug ourselves a hole. We gave up two early mistakes, and uh, you can't spot a talented team like Michigan. I mean, I told our staff after, you know, Michigan, you know, Michigan win the Horizon League, you know. Like, I mean, they are an immensely talented, athletic um, um, they play a way that makes it very difficult, pushing almost four forwards high and, and, and really put a lot of pressure on uh, you. And you can't dig yourself a hole against them. And, and um, you know, uh, credit to the guys. We got into halftime and um, just really challenged them. I said, listen, this can go one of two ways, you know. This could end 5-0, right, or this could be a dogfight, you know. It's, it's, you know, like if you're okay with them starting to sub in all their guys on the bench, then – like that's okay for you then you probably don't need to play for our program right so you know I took a lot of uh you know I thought we brought it to them in the second half turned into an even game and and um you know they kept their starters in probably a lot longer and actually brought them in right back at the end because they're losing a little bit of the grip of the game so to me that was you know credit to the guys for stepping up to the challenge and uh you know, um, like I said, I don't think we played overly bad. I think they're a talented team. And then, you know, a couple mistakes, dug ourselves a hole that 
I think against a team like Michigan, you're probably not going to be able to get yourself out of. Maybe some other teams you can get yourself out of it. You know, we got back in and against Bradley. But, you know, we just weren't good enough in the final third to, um, you know, claw ourselves back in. But we didn't give that third goal a 0-0 half. And I think people, you know, got their money's worth in the second half. Um, and I know the guys got my money's worth at halftime. <laughs> Eric Pogue, men's soccer coach, joining us here, Where the Bear podcast, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. We're live on location at men's soccer practice. And, Coach, uh, backing that up to what happened against Cleveland State in your Horizon League opener, a late winner, which, you know, sometimes can be the best winners. They're better than no winners. <laughs> no winners at all. But, again, going back to what I said earlier, just a pivotal, pivotal three points for you to get, especially in the fashion that you got them. Yeah, you know, Cleveland State's a good team. Uh, Shanisha Ubi-Parapovic, he took over. Cleveland State's always been a very technical team. Um, you know, we, you know from the, the past years, even 14, 15, you know, like when we won in 14, man, we almost didn't win. You know, Gerald Ben winner you know, late, um, but they're always been a very technical team and and play some good soccer. Now Shanisha's come in and he's a fiery character, you know, and, uh, you know, I love it because I, I wrote him a text at the end and I just said, listen, like you're building on the technical part and adding in a bit of that, you know, mean SOB freaking tackle stuff that they didn't really maybe have before. And so they're a tough out, man. And, uh, and we had a tough time against them. We had two goals called back that I think one rightfully should have been a goal. The other one was probably not a goal. Um, but, you know, when it's 0-0 like that, I mean, they could have turned one on us as well. But I think we were really good. Um, and you obviously always want to start, especially at home, 1-0, get yourself off on the right foot. And knowing that we got, you know, a big game against, you know, the regular seat, you know, Green Bay has been an up and coming program since Jeremy took over, you know, two, three, four years back now. I mean, they won the regular season championship a couple of years ago. So throw in travel and um, a game at their place, uh, you know, those are challenges, a Green Bay Packers game up there. So unless we want to pay like $550 a night to, to, to stay within like, an hour and a half of the place. We got to stay down in Milwaukee, kind of like uh, commute ourselves up there. And so that's some of the things we built into our schedule where when we played Western Illinois, we actually stayed in Peoria, which was an hour and a half drive. We knew today, uh, yesterday we were going to have an hour and a half, two hour drive to get to Michigan. So we kind of, people don't, we talked about this on a Where the Bear podcast a couple um you know, I think last year about scheduling and all right. the dynamics. And I don't, the, one of the things you look at is like something like that. Can you put your guys, can you, can you replicate that situation a couple times, non-conference, even if it's not ideal? Yeah, we could have stayed in Macomb, Illinois and just made it easy, but hey, we're going to have to do this at Western Illinois. We're going to have to do this at Michigan, or we're going to have to do this at Green Bay. So let's put ourselves in a similar situation and learn, hey, actually, like shoot, maybe we gotta pay three hundred and fifty dollars a night because that dog we we couldn't you know we didn't have the legs we didn't have this so but we proved it and um, but that's a huge challenge for us and so today's a day of rest recovery reserves getting going and then that'll allow us today as a coaching staff to break down some Green Bay film um, we'll also break down kind of learning from the Michigan game 
and so we'll have that video session in the morning. Um, we'll put a game plan together as a coaching staff tonight um, based on what we've seen out of Green Bay, and we'll implement it tomorrow in training. Um, and then Frey can hop on the road Friday at 9.30, stop in Purdue Northwest, train there um, to kind of break the, the trip up a little bit, and then we'll stay in Milwaukee, hang out with the Fonzarelli, uh, the, the Fonz statue. Laverne and Shirley. Yeah, man, you know, the, I don't know if you've seen the Fonz uh, statue in Milwaukee, man. I, I have not, as much as I go to Milwaukee. I'm a big fan of Milwaukee, yeah, by the way. Right. Low-key, it's a great town. Dude, Milwaukee, uh, besides recruits, you definitely don't want to go to Milwaukee, right? Not a good place at all. No, I'm joking. <laughs> it's a great, great place. Um, yeah, like Milwaukee, Cincinnati, Kansas City, I think are all, uh, Nashville are all, kind of underrated towns sure. you know um uh but uh yeah so yeah we'll go there uh, we'll be in milwaukee have a nice team dinner like i said the fawn statue i can't believe you don't know about this man i get my players don't even know what when i said hey we're going to fawn statue they're like yeah, who, yeah. Now I know who the fawns is you you know i know yeah but the these guys have zero idea who fawns is but they also played a song in the bus the other day that they were literally singing every single word of, and the only people not singing were me, Paul Doro, Andy Wagstaff, Demir, and the bus driver. So I think we're old. <laughs> well, yeah, I can I can definitely agree with now you some, on that. Now some potential two live crew might have went on, <laughs> and now and, and I got down to some two live crew. Yeah. You know, it was a censored version, of course. Um, now you're talking. Now you're getting yeah, back yeah, to our yeah, turn. Yeah, yeah, but. Even the boys were. Even the boys were like, "Oh, all right, all right, all right." Like, but, they, they could respect it. But then they pulled out some some new stuff that I was like, "I got nothing for you, boys, man. I got nothing for you." So, it, it, listen, this is a great group of kids. They work their tails off. Um, you know, I told, um, apologize. Who was um, covering our game? Um, uh, Brad Golder. Yeah, Brad did a fantastic job. But he was asking me like, "Hey, who are your key guys to look out for?" And I was like. Uh, we don't, we're, we're a, we, we talk about being a selfless team, but I mean, we're really are, there's not one guy you can focus on. I think in years past, we've had certain players, whether it be, you know, an Austin Ricci, a Joey Tinian, a Sean Lawson, uh, um, uh, Gerald Ben and Nabosha Popovic, um, you know, and I think they were special players. The problem is, is we know they're special players, so we're get, trying to give them the ball, but the team we're playing against also knows they're special players. So they like, hey, we cut this guy out. And so I think this team is a little more difficult to handle because on any given day, you don't know who's going to show up with the goal. You know, is it Luke Morrell? Um, dangerous on set pieces. Is it Evan Sawula? Is it Noah Jensen? Is it um, Charlie Braithwaite? You know, like, and I think, to be honest, like, sure, everyone would love a guy that scores 15, 20 goals, um, me being one of them. So if anyone of, is out there that uh, would like to come, uh, we'd love that guy. But uh, we don't have that guy, so we got to do it by committee, which I think makes this a little bit diff more difficult to plan for because you can't just say we're just going to take Austin Ricci out of the game and we become kind of a, a one-trick pony, you know. 
you know, you were talking about committees and everything like that. I did want to touch on you before we wrap things up here on the Where the Bear podcast, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. We're here with Eric Pogue, live on location. Fantastic segue. Well, you would, think, you would think I get paid yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd think this is your job. <laughs> Speaking of committees, though, you're, you're coaching staff, and you look with what you brought in with Andy Wagstaff as the associate head coach, uh, Demir Muftari as well. They're fresh off, and this is something we touched on a, a little bit earlier on in the season. But they're fresh off USL League Two national title, and it's not often where a coach, you know, you had some movement in your staff, you can roll in guys that are coming off USL national titles that you can just plug and play in there. I mean, I, dollar for dollar, and I call a lot of soccer all over the country at all all levels. I'll put this coaching staff up against anybody yeah. that's out there, and if you don't believe me, you can check their resume. Yeah, I mean, honestly. You know, I think anyone out there would, would love to have my staff as well. You know, I think people would all say that. Um, I've been very blessed. You know, obviously we're in a great area where we have a lot of great coaches that are in the community. I think first off, um, you know, listen, the guys that left, Armin Tonians, uh, Stephen Gorton, and Tim Romanello, you know, uh, you know, they did a great job for us, but they got opportunities to do other things. And, you know, sometimes change is good for everybody involved. And, uh you know, so my job as the, the head coach of the program is to put together the best staff possible. And, you know, the, the, the people I immediately kind of, you know, honed in on are, are, you know, Andy and Demir because, you know, one, they're two of my best friends. We work together um, and, you know, they're invested in these guys and they're invested in me and they're invested in Oakland. I mean, you know, Andy played here, Demir played here, you know, they went to school here and they work together and then I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about you know the yeoman's work that that Paul Doro and Tomas sure. Freitas did for us while we were numbers down from March 1st basically all the way so and, and people don't realize that that there were some lean times there in that yeah, office yeah. you'd walk through there man and, and there was nobody to be seen yeah, yeah well and you know I had some personal things going on and you know, we, we, we unfortunately lost some key guys that we weren't planning on um, losing and losing them kind of last second. Um, so, you know, we were having to do a lot of recruiting and, um, you know, Tomas and Paul really stepped up with camps and helping with recruiting and, and just having us organized because, you know, Demir and Andy were obviously people I targeted, but, um, you know, they weren't necessarily ones that were you know, all in right from the get-go, you know. I had to uh, convince them, convince their wives uh, that, you Not know, necessarily in that order, probably. Yeah, actually convince <laughs> their wives first and uh, <laughs> that more time away is, uh, you know. Um, but they love soccer and they want, you know, to be honest, I think one of the biggest thing is it's Oakland, you know. Um, there's a legacy here. You know, I, I've kind of been saying, you know, we're, we're Chapter 46, you know. I know teams say they're team whatever, but... You know, every year is a new chapter. You know, and and you know, I'm really we're really blessed to have these guys with our staff, and I'm quite comfortable being able to handle hand, hand over a lot of responsibility to those guys. I think you kind of look at it like uh, Coach Campy's done, whether it's bringing Dan Hipsher or you know uh, Smitty coming back. It's like familiar. I think there's a common theme in the Oakland Athletic Department that you know uh, we're bringing back good people. You know that did that did a good job young, you know, um, plied their trade, went off elsewhere, and then came back and, you know, because they love the place, you know. And, um, you know, I think uh, that's kind of led by Steve Waterfield, to be honest, because this is a place a lot of people want to come back to right now. 
Well, Coach, as always, we certainly do appreciate the time. Good luck against Green Bay. And fans, remember, you can subscribe on iTunes to the Wear the Bear podcast, also on SoundCloud as well. And don't forget, as always, the Wear the Bear podcast brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Go to evanslawgrp.com. Remember, support the companies that support the Golden Grizzlies. For head coach Eric Pogue, my name is Neil Rule. Thank you for listening, everybody. Well, see you later.